Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club, and welcome to our authors, Carol Pittner and Doug Nordman. Welcome. Thanks. This is a good episode. I've enjoyed listening to the book club stuff. Well, I appreciate and it. And we're happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. So <clears throat> let me do a quick intro for y'all. Okay. Doug Norman served for 20 years of active duty in the United States Navy's submarine force, retired in 2002 at the age of 41. He and his spouse, retired Navy reservist, reached financial independence in the late 1999 on a high savings rate. They've lived in Hawaii for over 30 years. Their daughter, Carol, was born and raised in Oahu. These days, Doug enjoys surfing, slow travel, writing, public speaking, reading, home improvement, personal finance conferences, and more surfing. He's the author of The Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement and the founder of TheMilitaryGuide.com. He donates all of his writing and speaking revenue to military-friendly charities. Carol joined the Navy on an ROTC scholarship. She's been stationed around the world on a destroyer and an aircraft carrier before moving to the reserves. She and her active duty spouse are rapidly approaching financial independence on a high savings rate. They've just started their own family. That's awesome. Military personal finance is an important family topic, almost as important as surfing. Carol and Doug are the authors of Raising Your Money Savvy Family for Next Generation Financial Independence. Again, I'm excited to have y'all on. So always, whenever I have the opportunity to, to to speak with people who are serving our country in the armed forces, I always say thank you so much for your service. So thank you both. Thank you. Appreciate the support. Thank you. And I, I, I'm i so grateful for for people who are financially responsible. And Doug, you, 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 you're, you're <laughs> raising a daughter who's also financially responsible. So so I think it's fantastic. And, and it makes all the sense in the world that you decided to to put pen to paper. So um, if if both of you would, tell us a little bit about your, your personal lives um, and what why why you really wanted to write the book. Well, uh, Dad, I think we should start with all of your uh, camp meetups. Well, we've been spending the last 10 years going to a lot of meetups, like a financial conference and uh, other events like Camp Mustache, Camp FI, where you hang out over a weekend with 50 or 60 people who are also pursuing financial independence. And you nerd out about that with your fellow <laughs> financial enthusiasts. I, I'm the biggest nerd there. And over the years, uh, we've noticed a shift in the questions. I think financial independence is widely known and people are understanding the techniques. And I stopped getting questions about how do you reach financial independence? And I started getting questions about, I understand the financial independence. I understand math and numbers. Uh, how do you get your kids to follow on with this? And it took, me, it took me a couple of years to listen to those questions and understand what people were curious about. And eventually uh, I got questions like that during a trip when we were visiting Carol and her spouse at their apartment. And one night over dinner, we sat down. And I said, you know, I got I got that question again. They asked me about how the kids are going to reach financial independence. And Carol, what what worked for you? You've been doing this for a long time and you're good at it. But what was it that helped you develop your motivation for financial independence? And she lit up. 
And the short answer is that financial independence for me, regardless of the terminology or the vocabulary that you use, has always meant choices. It means that you've always had money so that you can make the choices that you want to make and live the life that you want to live. And it just so happened that when mom and dad were visiting my husband and I in our apartment, this was the same week that I was going through a military transition class. It's the Mm -hmm. class that you're required to take before you're allowed to transition out of active duty. (laughs) And that could be into the reserves. It could be out of the military altogether. I'm not going to lie, I was bored in that class. And part of the reason I was bored was because I was fortunate enough to learn a lot of the skills they were teaching in high school. And so instead of paying attention in class, I spent most of that time writing the outline for the book and writing some chapter titles and generally putting together a a skeleton, so to speak, on the book. And she had all these memories from her childhood, and I had all these memories of the tactics that my wife and I tried with her for understanding how to manage your money and then how how to save and how to invest and eventually, you know, scale it up because you want to give your kids a little bit of money at an early age so that they learn how to handle it instead of having them start handling large amounts of money at a later age or even worse, going out to their first job in the real world and and not knowing how to handle tens of thousands of dollars. And, and she had plenty of memories as a kid of how this stuff came through to her. And then she now has a new perspective as, as an adult over how well that worked and how everything happened. And so we're sharing stories around the kitchen table, right? I mean, the book has a back and forth narrative and we talk about our what we thought was our brilliant parenting tactics and some of them work and some of them not so much. And, uh, and then Carol talks about how she was motivated as a kid. You know, what, what did she respond to? What was it, where were her triggers? What could we hook into and, and, and use to give her that internal motivation? And I would know, you know, we were searching for a long time for that. But then as an adult, now she understands what it's going to be like to do that to her next generation. I mean, now it just got real, right? Now she's got her own daughter and she wants to raise that baby for financial independence. It's not often that you hear from the the kid's perspective. You always hear from the parental expert or the child psychological expert, but you never really hear from the kid themselves. And that's the other unique aspect that we wanted to bring in this book was to let you hear from both generations. Now, granted, if we could, we would have all three generations, but my daughter is less than a year old, so she hasn't quite gotten to the stages where we're ready to teach her about money. We'll be ready for a second edition in five or ten years. We'll let you know. We'll come back there. Yeah. I was, I was, I was just gonna say, <clears throat> I was just gonna say, we will certainly have a have 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 a second edition sooner rather than later. So cool. All right, so Carol, you you you're obviously a successful um, person. You're you you're now married. You've got a daughter. So far, so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes when when parents drag their kids to stuff, they have a tendency to to maybe push back and 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 resist a little bit. I'm not saying that you followed in in in, in your family's shoes, but in regard to the the military and then being good with money, you certainly did that. So, what do you attribute that to? So believe it or not, me joining the military was an act of teenage rebellion. You see, my parents had both gone through the Naval Academy, both of them had done 20 plus years in the Navy, and the last thing they wanted me to do was to make a family business out of the military. Go do something better, go do something more interesting, go find something different. And the reality was, as a teenager, I wanted to choose exactly what I wanted to do. There were so many awesome things about the military, and there were a lot of good bonuses and incentives, too, like in a way to pay for college. I mean, there was, <laughs> exactly, there was, you know, bonuses and uniforms and, you know, people marching in ranks, and this all looks so cool. In, so, in her defense, that's how I ended up in the military, so I can completely appreciate that. Like, like father, like daughter, yeah. right? No, no learning did occur. No. But but that was the big difference was that mom and dad also made it clear that this was my career. This wasn't something where I was trying to follow exactly in their footsteps. I could forge my own path and do my own thing. 
And so that's part of the reason why I wound up as a surface warfare officer was because I did want to join the Navy, but I also wanted to see the world. And the best way to do that was going to be on a surface ship that was making a lot of port calls. But the nice thing about the first ship that I was on, it was based in Spain. And so I got to visit 12 different countries in and around Europe and uh, England and all over the uh, the uh, Baltic area. And there's a lot of different uh, parts of Europe that I got to visit. And I was just on one ship for less than 19 months. Got it. And I, th- I, I, I can't even imagine what 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 an incredible experience. So <clears throat> coming coming from the submarine force, I can't imagine it either. And uh, not that I'm jealous or bitter. Just a little. <laughs> All those port calls. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Certainly a different experience. I'm I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm, uh, I'm sure. So. All right. And, and and what about the financial piece about being a good saver, living obviously below your means? Um, it was 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 that easy to come by for you, Carol? Oh, yes. And it was easy in two ways. The first way is that I'm not sure if a lot of people in the military have been able to express this publicly, but you don't have a lot of free time. You are <laughs> spending a lot of time on watch. You're spending a lot of time fixing gear. You're spending a lot of time taking care of your people. And if you happen to have one, you're also taking care of your family when you're at home. So when it came to saving money, especially as a young, unqualified, brand new officer that needed to get my own experience and to, to get my own reputation, I had no time to spend money. And so that sort of made that easy, was it was a lot easier to just keep shoveling money into my savings account and into my brokerage account and my TSP and my Roth IRA than it was to try to figure out where I was going to spend it and how I was going to take care of my possessions when I was never home. If you even had any liberty in the first place. If I ever had any liberty in the first place. (laughs) Right. And the second thing was that um, one of the things that mom and dad always said about the military was do it as long as you're having fun. Don't feel like you have to get it out to 20 years. Don't feel like you have to get it out to the next duty station. If you're not having fun anymore, it might be time to leave. And so what I did was I I wanted to give myself the opportunity to say I'm done at every different set of orders. And so as I would approach, you know, the last two years, the last year in every billet, I would make sure that I had more than enough money, not only in an emergency account, but that I was maxing out my TSP and maxing out my Roth IRA. And so between the lack of time and then the desire to give myself more options, maxing out my TSP every year, maxing out my, my Roth IRA, and even putting a little, I think it was an extra $1,000 a month in my brokerage account, meant that I was saving at least $36,000 a year for the majority of my naval career. And that, that's a high savings rate that overcomes all the other mistakes that you probably will make throughout your investing career. You know, we made plenty of mistakes in the 80s and 90s, but that high savings rate bailed us out every time. And when you're saving for financial independence like that, you're, you know, maybe you don't have any spare time. That part of life sucks. But on the other hand, you also feel like you're winning a game. It's challenging. It's fulfilling. You see the savings compounding. You know, as human beings, for the first few years, we can't see that that compounding effect. But then it starts to slide up there with the exponential compounding. And that, that the last five years before you hit financial independence, you really see that effect. And so you knew all of that from growing up oh, and yeah. from the discussions and there were places where it's easy to lose faith or to feel like maybe you've crossed over from frugality to deprivation. And, but on the other hand, at least she could contact us or ask more questions, uh, things that were suddenly all of a sudden made sense, right? Now she has a reason or a context and uh, stuff got real again. And now it really makes an important part of her life. And, and that's a good point. I graduated without student debt. I didn't have any credit card debt. I didn't have any car loan. Because that and I all learned from growing up as a child. It had nothing to do with my military expertise or coming from a military family. (laughs) It was just the financial aspect, which was to give yourself more options. You don't want to put yourself in a position of 
owing someone something, of lending from somebody. You want to make sure that you have as little debt as possible and even no debt if you can. Yeah. Amen. So, Carol, when when were you independently doing this, um, earning your own money and then actually saving and investing it? Well, that's a good question. So legally, I could not start earning money until age 14. And that's when I could legally open a Roth IRA. Okay. But one of the things that we talk about in the book is something called allowances, chores, and jobs. And so my entire life, well, since I understood what money was at about age two, there had been allowances and chores and jobs. And chores were about being a good member of the family. If I didn't do my chores, then I would have privileges taken away. Things like I couldn't play my Game Boy or watch TV. When it came to my allowance, I got that for being a good member of the family. No conditions, just being a good member of the family. And each family can define that for themselves. We just wanted her to have a chance to handle money and make choices with the money and make a lot of mistakes with the money. And to do that, you give her a little bit of money to do those things. Enough enough so that she can make a choice, but not so much that she's going to get rich and not be able to, and be able to not do anything. Which brings us to the third category, which was jobs. Yeah. Now, when I felt like my allowance was too little, there was always the opportunity <laughs> to earn money through jobs. This isn't going to do it. I oh, yeah. <laughs> right. need to move on. <laughs> we, we know the allowance is the right size when they're asking to do more jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there were a couple of conditions that came with the jobs. The first condition was that I had to have all of my chores done first. So I couldn't start any jobs around the house until my chores were done. So that motivated me to get those chores done. And the second condition was I couldn't set my worth per hour. That was up to mom and dad. So when I was six or seven years old and my attention span is very short, I could only do maybe 10 or 15 minutes of work at a time, you know, washing a car or painting a wall. And that was maybe one or two dollars every 15 minutes. But by the time I was a teenager, then that would have been something like 10 or 15 dollars an hour. By then I knew how to, you know, change the oil on the car or, you know, put that wax seal on. You know, my, my skills had expanded over the years. So, Doug, when when did you and 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 your wife realize it worked? <laughs> when she when she graduated college, and and all through this time, uh, there were there were many mistakes made on both sides. We'd try something, and for whatever reason, it wouldn't take, or she wouldn't be interested, or it just plain wouldn't work. And we'd step back and come back in three or six months. Uh, there were times when we would try something and realize that we were giving away too much money. You know, we just had to put too much fuel into the fire and her worth was going up fast enough that suddenly we knew that she'd be able to buy anything she wanted, maybe even buy her own TV and uh, and video game. Uh, so there's adjustments over the years. And there were certainly times when there were mistakes. I mean, you had uh, the usual credit card experience in college. I mean, it wasn't as bad yeah. the experience that she had as the one as I had in college. So there was learning. But... You, everybody makes mistakes. And so it's she had learned to manage money at a young age and she'd started saving and investing as a teen and appreciate all that stuff intellectually. By the time that she was in late years of high school, by the time she was in college, you were making more mistakes, but they were being made at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And the damage was certainly less than it would have been if she had not had that financial background to begin with. Uh, when she graduated college and was talking about what she was doing on the ship and how she was saving money, um, and of course, because she was stationed in Spain, we had to visit, you know, right? We had to visit frequently. Yes. <laughs> and, and we could see the lifestyle that she was living uh, in, in Spain and traveling around. We knew it was all going to work. At that point, you can tell from the savings rate, from the questions you're getting, you know, a question like, you know, should I maximize my thrift savings plan contributions in March or should I wait until the end of the year? Those kinds of questions are the ones I love to get at that For sure. Level. This was before blended retirement system, by yeah, the way. Yeah, there's a different retirement system now. A different strategy. But again, this is what passes for dinner table conversation in our house. <laughs> and 
And so I could tell, we could tell when she graduated college, it's all going to work out all right. And even then, as a parent, you know, you don't want to be a helicopter parent. You don't want to be a lawnmowering or a bulldozing parent, but you do want to keep in touch and find out if what you thought was going to work. And, you know, we knew that if a GT Mustang showed up in her garage one day, that maybe it wasn't working as well as we thought. Uh, that never happened. In fact, she uh, managed to acquire a vehicle at about the same age I did, but spent a lot less money in, in retrospect than I did. And so all these all these trends were going in the right direction, at least as good as we had been when we were that age. We could appreciate that she was doing an even better job. Well, that's awesome. Great job, everybody. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, we'll find out when uh, this one, this granddaughter of ours uh, starts growing up and see if, if it can be replicated from one generation to the next. I mean, we might have just gotten really incredibly lucky. Right? Sure. We with our parenting. True. Yeah. It just could have been yeah. lightning in a bottle. Well, yeah. part of it is that you want to give the kids the incentives. And one of their incentives is to grow the heck up and get the heck out of the house and, and launch on their own and be away from mom and dad. And once they see the power of the saving and investing and the choices that they get, you want that internal motivation and that independence. Yeah. Amen. Well, just from the brief amount of time we've been talking, it's obvious that this has been an absolute lifestyle for you and for, 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 for both of you. You're, you're committed and passionate and extremely knowledgeable and, and have done it. So when, when you decide to, to write this book, that's not easy, right? To distill <laughs> knowledge and experience into, into a book. So uh, tell me a little bit about just sort of what, how you managed to do that and, 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 and maybe what what you're proudest of, 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 of this finished product. I, I have some thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Well, yeah. you go first. Well, one of the things is that when we wrote this book, even though we told it in chronological order, we didn't put in ages as often as most people would. So there are some points when I say when I was 14, I got a Roth IRA. But at no point did we say your teenager should have a Roth IRA. What we wanted to do was to give parents an understanding of how to step up the, the habits and how to step up the exposure to money. But we also didn't want you to feel like you had to do this at age five or age 10 or whatever the age was, because we know that not all parents were able to start when a kid was born. We know that some parents are not going to be able to find out about these skills or, or pick up this book until their kids are well into their teenage years. Yeah. And also the writing part, uh, when we were sitting around the table talking about all the things that she remembered at that first conversation about saving, uh, getting the kids ready for financial independence, as she was sharing all those memories, uh, her spouse was amazed because he was hearing about things that he hadn't heard about before. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. So we're having a great conversation. And about halfway through all this, my, my wife looks at me and makes that little symbol and says, you'd better be writing this stuff down. And uh, at the end of the dinner, we realized we did have enough to put together an outline. And so it was all of her information, stories, experience, and things she wanted to share with what I had already learned from writing my first book. And I, I, you know, when, when do you get a chance to write a book with a family member like this, right? I mean, nothing will test the strength of a relationship other than being co-authors. But, but also, it's just fun <laughs> to, to relive those experiences and figure out what worked and what didn't. And we know they were going to start a family. So, you know, it's good to have these discussions now before everybody has to go through sleep deprivation with yes. raising a baby. And, and by doing that, uh, as we wrote it, we began to realize we really did have a lot of material and we really had a real story there. And when I started talking with friends of mine that, you know, I know other authors, I know other bloggers, I know people that run small companies that have a publishing arm on the side. 
and they were all excited. And I would go to a new camp FI and say, hey, we're writing a book and here's some of the things we're going to talk about in the book. And people are like, when is it going to be ready? You know, as a professional author, we call that a hint. <laughs> and so these were all good signs. I finally just was at the point where I was ready to listen. And she was at a good point in her life where she was ready to write. Uh, I did find myself keeping up with my co-author where, you know, I, the surf would be really good or I'd be focused on other things. And I'd suddenly realize I had a chapter behind. Oops. So that was a good incentive to keep writing and keep the thing moving. And yeah. I think we found out during the editing process, too, that we were able to keep things moving back and forth and work with the editors. So oh, yeah. I, I see this as uh, wonderful when it works out, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. Maybe maybe there will be more opportunities like this. But yeah. in the meantime, we had a what I think is a unique book. And, you know, you do your market research on not just the genre, but how people are sharing their stories. And we realized we had a, a one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm. I am super excited to uh, to 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 dig in. I have a, a four year old and a one year old, and I would. Uh, it would be a, geez, it would certainly be an absolute pleasure and, and an honor to be able to, uh, to 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 have the same experience that you two have had. So so congratulations. I, I hope you thank do you. have that experience. Yeah, Everybody really should, do. right? Well, there shouldn't you. be any of this waiting and uh, holding off and not discussing this until you're a teenager. Right, yeah. because we, we start, we, we teach kids about hygiene as soon as they're able to hold a toothbrush or to hold a hairbrush. And we do the same thing when it comes to, you know, looking both ways when you cross the street, make sure you know how to read. But money was always those things that people felt like they had to wait until they're older, wait until they're an adult. But they're missing out all the opportunities for yep. kids to practice over an entire childhood. Yeah. Yep. Amen. I love it. Well, Carolyn Doug, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? So uh, Amazon, uh, Google, uh, pretty much anywhere that there is a book publisher, you'll be able to find a copy of Raising Your Money Savvy Family for Next Generation Financial Independence. I'm working on a blog. It's called childfire.com. So like wildfire, but child instead. <laughs> You know, you know, you've arrived as an author when you find your book is being sold not just on Barnes and Noble, but also in Walmart. Yes. And, uh, uh, they've also finally worked through the pandemic backlog. Uh, we had some slow releases, but the audiobook is out there now, so everything is on every every piece of uh, electronics that people normally use. You know, like iTunes and not just Google Play. So it's finally widely available, and just in time for the holiday season, right? Uh, I still blog at the Military Guide for military family financial independence. And uh, I'm also occasionally posting on the, the, the site on Facebook that Carol and uh, her spouse are maintaining for the book. Uh, and I also take email, you know, Nords, Nords at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter as the military guide. So uh, people can look us up, ask us questions, because there's a lot more there that we might not have covered in the book that people want to know about. Oh, and we're also both on Facebook. Yep. Excellent. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Carol and Doug your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of Raising Your Money Savvy Family for Next Generation Financial Independence everywhere that fine books are sold. Uh, You can find some more information about Carol at childfire.com. Both of them are on Facebook. Doug, I will list your email that you mentioned as well as the blog site that you mentioned. And... um, all people right. people will be able to track you down. So thank you again, Carol and Doug. Thank all you. right, George. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? 
Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.